0: News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Lucifero. Uh, seven minutes after seven o'clock we are here again at this live radio show you want to call in do so would love to hear from you and that number is six one three five two one talk that's eight two five five six one three five two one talk is the way to do that help at employmentlawyer.ca to get a hold of alex through email over the course of the show and any other time as well and always 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 stop by PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. That site is absolutely free and anonymous. It's full of uh, rather uh, employment law information. Are you a contractor? Are you not an independent contractor? Are you an employee? Is there workplace harassment? Have you got a disability claim? There's so much stuff on that website. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. You can use it any time you like it. If you want to contact uh, Alex and his team, after that there's a contact button. If not, shut down the browser and uh, you're gone, like Kaiser Soze. Nobody knows. uh, Nobody knows you were there. Coming up on the show tonight, uh, my brother, but after you get to your week that was everything you need to know about medical leaves, that is on the way. So we'll pitter-patter, as they say, pal. What uh, what do you got going for the week that was?
1: Back at it, John. Thanks very much. Another another edition of the world-famous Employment Law Show. Uh, Great to be here. Great to be back live on the air, as usual, uh, here in Ottawa, talking employment law, workplace rights, uh, severance temporary layoffs harassment in the workplace you name it if it has to do with with work with your employment rights we cover it all here on this very show and as you uh, as you always say john this is a live call-in show we're here to help people that's what we do uh you know COVID is still very much impacting most workplaces uh john still getting a ton of questions really from uh, employees who've been temporarily yeah. laid off and haven't been called back to work yet. That's still a big one. Unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of people uh, getting permanently let go from their jobs and offered severance packages that are not up to par, not what they should be. Some employees are worried about health and safety in the workplace, and that's understandable given uh, given the circumstances. I mean, really, regardless of the issue, John, we're, we're speaking with and, and helping so many people uh, with their employment situations every single day, and, and that's what we're here to do tonight until 8 p.m. We're here to take calls Answer any questions you have. So please feel free to call in. Don't be shy. There are no bad questions when it comes to employment law. We want to hear from you. We want to help out in any way we can. And uh, and so with all of that said, John, let's let's start. Uh, let's get started this week with uh, the week that was. Talk about a couple of matters that came across my desk uh, this week, and I think uh, you know illustrate a couple of good uh, a good points and good lessons for our listeners out there. Uh, first matter, John, involved uh, a gentleman that that called me in. He was uh, uh, it was kind of crystal clear from very early on in the conversation that, uh, he was still employed, but his, his employer just really didn't want him there, uh, anymore. That is, that his employer wanted him to leave, to resign his employment and, and basically retire. Um, and, and how do we know that? Well, uh, we, we know John, because for a period of, of, I guess a few months now, since the start of COVID, I guess four or five months, his employer was repeatedly, uh, uh, stressing to him how much the business was suffering because of COVID, and asking and talking to him about his retirement as an employee, and asking him, "Have you considered retiring? Have you looked into it yet?" There's no work for you anymore. Don't you want to spend more time with your family? Uh, you know, his, ha- his manager even went to the point of of kind of leaving articles on his desk about why it made sense to him to retire financially at a certain age, and this gentleman was 65, <laughs> um, and, and so most people think of that as the age of retirement. Although, John, there, you know, as I'm sure you know, there's no mandatory no, yeah. age of retirement on Ontario. So just because he's 65 doesn't mean he has to retire. He could be 75 and and shouldn't have to retire. Uh, and he didn't want to retire, uh, John. He told his employer that very, very clearly. Didn't stop really the employer uh, at all. I mean, every other week pretty much he was getting an email or, or having a conversation about this possible retirement date and and so you know this gentleman got very upset uh... he called me or it actually started with uh... with an email but then we spoke on the phone and he wanted to know you know do i have to take this uh... you know these comments all the time is this right is my employer allowed to do this can they force me to retire do i have any you know do I have any leverage in the situation to do something about this um, and you know uh, what i effectively told uh, him, John, is that no, actually, this is not appropriate at all. It's not appropriate for an employer to keep pushing you and trying to convince an employee to retire. And not only is it not appropriate, it's potentially discrimination. It's potentially yeah. illegal, uh, John, under the human rights code. It's discrimination on the basis of age. If this employer doesn't want to employ this employee anymore because of their age, because he's turning sixty five and, and you know, the owner thinks he should retire, That is age discrimination. It's just the reality of it. Uh, and, And not only that, but because of the way in which this was all going down, because he was kind of being repeatedly asked these questions and kind of pressured into the situation, you know what, that's that's potentially even a harassment situation, especially after the employee had told him, listen, I don't want, really want to get into this anymore. I don't want to continue talking about mm-hmm. retirement. I'm not interested. And even after that, the employer kept pursuing the issue. That may very well rise John, to the level of harassment. And so what I told this employee is, well, actually, you do have an option here. You can treat this situation as a constructive dismissal, basically as a termination. You You've been pushed to the brink so far uh, that you're allowed to say, you know what, employer, I am going to get out of here. I am going to resign, but uh, I am owed my severance entitlements because of the way in which you've treated me. Because of the discrimination, because of the harassment, uh, this is a termination not a resignation, and I'm owed my severance entitlements as a result. And so we're going to be assisting this uh, th- this employee get his severance entitlements. It's an example, John of uh, of you know a way not to treat an employee. Listen, you can ask what an employee's long-term plans. Uh, are if you get the sense that maybe retirement is, an, is kind of on the horizon, you can ask what their intentions are with respect to their employment, but don't push an employee to retire or resign like this. It's completely inappropriate, completely illegal, and it's going to end up costing this employee uh, you know, tens of thousands of dollars as far as severance goes.
0: Again, you want to reach out uh, here and now 613-521 Talk. Email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's to get a hold of Alex or a member of his crew. He can set you up nicely if that is the uh, that's the intention. And to reach out of uh, the phone line after we're done here, one 85 5,900. We'll get back into. I think you had a second matter to take care of. If not, uh, we're moving on to more of our topic for the night. That would be everything you need to know about medical leave. So there you go. Lots of time to make that phone call. You can call in now, and we'll get to you after the break as well. Employment Law Show, News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luciferro on News Talk 580 CFRA. It is 718. Welcome back to the show. The number to call and ask your questions. we got open lines and we got time. It's a good combination. 613-521-TALK. 613-521-TALK. Email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Uh, Alex, your call, pal. You want to go for uh, you had something else you want to cover before we get into our topic or we go right to it?
1: Yeah, you know what, John, I had an interesting cool. uh, one the, the second week that was Matter, mm-hmm. uh, a gentleman I actually spoke to uh, last week now, but it, but again, it's another good lesson for our, uh, for our listeners out there, and I think it's very, very relevant to the time and, and topical, and the reason why is it's to do with employees returning back to work from a uh, medical leave of absence or from a layoff. Uh, now I want to be clear to all our listeners out there, and we've been preaching this over the you know past few weeks, uh, and and quite frankly since March, since the pandemic hit. Uh, temporary layoffs in and of themselves are not necessarily legal. You have the right as an employee to either accept the layoff or refuse to accept the layoff. And if you refuse to accept the layoff, you can pursue your severance entitlements. Uh, Now it's up to an employee, right, to decide whether they want to actually uh, accept the layoff or not. And in some cases, employees do want to accept the layoff. And and I spoke to a gentleman uh, last week who was in this situation. So he decided rather than pursue any kind of severance entitlements he had, he wanted to to accept the layoff he had been with uh, with his employer for about 11 and a half years older gentleman uh, in sales and uh, you know by all accounts was a was a pretty strong performer good employee for the company he was laid off like i said he accepted the layoff um, and then was recalled back to work so i think he was he was laid off for two or three months uh, and he got the good news he got a phone call saying hey we want you to come back to work here's the catch The employer uh, said, in order to return back to work, you need to sign an updated employment contract. And for this gentleman, because he had been with the company for quite a while, he actually had no previous contract. He, He started his work with a handshake, and off he went. And so this was the first contract of employment he would have ever signed with this company. And he took a look at the contract, and it had a bunch of new terms in it termination language, limiting his severance entitlements, uh, the, the, the ability to temporarily lay him off in the future, all kinds of different stuff, John, that, that really would change his employment with this company. And so he reached out and he said, what can I do in this situation? Do I have to sign this contract to go back to work? And what I told him is the way the law works in this situation, John, which is no, no, you don't have uh, the obligation as an employee returning back to work to accept these really significantly different terms of employment. You have the right as an employee to go back to the job you left. And so when this employer introduced all of these new contract terms, uh, the, uh, the employee had the right to say, no, I'm not signing that contract. I'd like to return back to work but I want to return back to work based on my old terms of employment. That's completely legal, completely reasonable to do, John. And if the employer refuses to accept that employee back, if the employer says, no, sign this contract or you're not coming back, that's a termination now. And this employee now is owed his severance entitlements. And that's exactly what happened, Uh, John. This employer took the, you know, respectfully, this employee took the ridiculous position to say if you don't sign the contract, we're going to say you resigned. Mm -hmm. That is nonsense, John, that's just completely uh, goes against every employee right and and kind of reasonable uh, position here. And so again, we're going to be pursuing this gentleman's uh, severance entitlements. He, He took the perfectly reasonable position of wanting to return back to work on his same terms of employment. His employer said no. And uh, now this employee is owed severance. He's owed his full severance entitlements. He's going to be looking at something, I would say, at the very least in the range of about a year's pay. It's going to be tens of thousands of dollars for this gentleman. If you're being recalled back to work for all those employees out there, if you're if you're on a layoff or you're on a leave of absence and you're being recalled back to work, stand up for your rights. Make sure you're going back to the job you left. Don't accept this wildly different employment contract or this wildly different Uh, Position, You don't have to. Uh, And, again, I think that's an important lesson for our listeners out there.
0: It is. And, like you said, if you do accept it and do it long enough, it becomes an implied term of the contract. And then all of a sudden that door closes and you ain't going back. It also opens the door for them to make more uh, changes potentially. So it's uh, just a big bowl of wrong, my friend, if you do that off the hop. But get contact with you before that ever happens, before you sign anything or carry on with it. For too long, for sure. That, uh, by the way, is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. help at employmentlawyer.ca. Lots of time still here to uh, to make your phone calls on air. Ask Alex a question. It's a live call-in show, 613-521-TALK is the way to tackle that. Everything you need to know about medical leaves, this is going to become more and more important as we continue with COVID-19, not only from the physical aspect but also from the mental health aspect you guys are going to be very busy navigating these waters for sure. So first one is how long can someone be away from work for medical reasons?
1: Yeah, so this is this is probably one of the most common questions we get both from employers and employees. Uh, John, we've we've had some employers contact us and say, you know, uh, one of our employees has been off on a medical leave for a year and a half. What can we do? Can we let him or her go? Uh, and, and that's obviously a, a, a red flag. And the truth of the matter is that there is no set time period uh, for how long a medical leave of absence can last. It really all depends on the employee's uh, personal circumstances, their medical condition, and ultimately on whether there is a possibility, a reasonable possibility, that that employee will be able to return back to work. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you two examples that that illustrate the point. Uh, you can have an employee who perhaps is dealing with some mental health issues, again, as an example, uh, that employee may be off on medical leave for three years, uh, uh, John, but if it's that person's doctor's opinion that with the right treatment, this employee will be able to return back to work in the near future, that employee may not be able to let that employee go. That, that, That employer may have to wait three years and then some, because again, there's the possibility that this employee might, Return to work. Now, I don't want to say that it's a a uh, you know a slight possibility or uh, a kind of a degree of possibility. No, it, you know it has to be a reasonably foreseeable uh, possibility that the employee would be returning to work. So it has to be certainly you know possible. Um, and so th- that's kind of one example. Sen- second example would be you know if uh, you know knock on wood an employee is diagnosed with some sort of incurable form of cancer and that employee has only been off work for three months, but it's crystal clear that that employee will never be able to return back to work again in any form or fashion. Okay, a a very, very serious medical situation. That may be one of these situations where it's only been three months, John, that this employee has been on medical leave, but that employer may be allowed to end the employment relationship, again, because there's no chance of that employee ever returning back to work again. So again, these are two examples to demonstrate the point that there is no set date. It really depends on the, the employee's medical circumstances and whether there's the, uh, a possibility that they'll be able to return back to work in the near future. Uh, medical leaves can last two, three, four years yeah. uh, before you can even get to that threshold.
0: Everything you need to know about medical leaves, does an employer have the right to ask an employee for their medical information? What I'm talking about is a diagnosis.
1: Yeah, and, that, and the answer to that question, John, is unequivocally no. An employer does have the right to know what the prognosis is, which is what we were just talking about, right? So an employer does have the right to know what is the timeline here? You know, it, what is your doctor saying about how long you may be off for? Is it going to be several weeks? Is it going to be months? Is it going to be potentially years? Or are you ever going to be able to return back to work again? But the employer doesn't get to know uh, – Uh, John, what the diagnosis is, as you just mentioned, or any other details for that matter. Those don't need to be shared with an employer while on a medical uh, leave of uh, of absence. And it is, frankly, irrelevant to the relationship. Uh, The only time it may be relevant, John, is if an employee is returning back to work And that employee needs to be accommodated in some form or fashion. And I think that just makes practical sense, right? I mean, if you're having an employee return back to work and that employee you know, can't lift uh, a certain weight or or can do this or can't do that, you need to know those details. And that's obviously yeah. going to be considered medical uh, information. And it's possible that even the diagnosis would be revealed in a conversation like that. And I would say, listen, that's okay. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you might have to share that information in the context of discussing a return back to work. But if we're talking about strictly medical leaves, John, then no, absolutely not. An employer doesn't Need to know or get to know the diagnosis is. They do need to know, however, what the prognosis is, what the timeline is for, for the medical leave.
0: You want to reach out, by the way, get a hold of Alex anytime. Do so, if only for a chat. So much can be learned over a minute long phone call for sure. That's 1 855 821 5900. You can go to help at employment lawyer. .ca. We'll take a quick pause here and get right back at it. Uh, phones are wide open for the remainder of the show. It is live, 613-521-TALK, Employment Law Show, News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Lucifero on News Talk 580 CFRA. Back indeed, and we continue with the open phone lines here in this live show on a Tuesday night at 613-521-TALK. Want to send an email? Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll get to some of those here in just a bit. And reach out to Alex any time that we're not doing the show, no problem. pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, and you can call one 855 821 That would be the way. Talking about to everything you need to know about medical leaves. Next question is this What happens to an employer's job while they're on a medical leave? A lot of people don't know this. Do they have uh, to regularly update their employer on their condition every so often, I guess?
1: Yeah, so obviously, from the employer's point of view, uh, John, when an, when an employee of yours goes off on medical leave, you're obviously left a little uh, stranded you need to sure. do something to replace that that employee in their position and oftentimes you know that requires hiring a replacement and that's okay uh, John, you could certainly, as an employer, hire a replacement for an employee that's on a medical leave uh, of absence. However, it's important to note an employee, the employee that's that's gone off on a medical leave, they have rights as well. And a fundamental right, both under the Employment Standards Act but also under the Human Rights Code in Ontario, is when an employee who's been on medical leave is ready and able to come back to work, they have the right to go back to the position that they left. And so even if there's a replacement in that position, an employer does have to put the employee who's been off back into that same position. He cannot say, oh, well, you know, I, I prefer your replacement, so sorry, you don't have a job, or sorry, we're, we're going to offer you some other job, uh, and, and you're changing position just because you had gone on medical leave. No, can't do that in any form or fashion, John. That's discrimination under the Human Rights Code. So, uh, you know, that's how you handle a situation like that from an employer's point of view. You can certainly hire a replacement uh, while an employee is off on medical leave, but you've got to bring the employee back to work and back to their same position when they're ready to come back. If that means having to let the replacement go or to move the replacement to a different position, then that's what you've got to do. Uh, And As a side note in these kinds of situations, it's important for employers to have employment contracts in place. For example, if you're hiring a replacement, it's important to have a contract that either limits that employee severance entitlements or allows you to change their position moving forward. Uh, You want to make sure as an employer that all of your employees are signing employment contracts. It will will give you as an employer those protections and that ability uh, to adjust your workforce to the business needs, to the business requirements. Uh, Second question I think you asked, John, was, uh, you know, as an employee, do you have to update your employer about their condition on a a regular basis? And, you know, it's a tough one. I would say that there is an obligation uh, I don't want to say that it's, uh, you know, that it's a, a stringent obligation. I don't think you need to be reporting to your employer every week about your con- uh, condition, or even every month. Quite frankly, it really depends on the uh, on the longevity, I guess, or on the length of the actual leave. If right. you're going to be on a medical leave for what might only be a few weeks, listen, one note from your doctor will do it, totally. right? Uh, but if you're going to be on a medical leave for a year. Well, you know what, maybe you want to follow up with your employer a couple of times during that year and provide an updated note. And again, going back to, to a point I made earlier, that note from your doctor doesn't have to say what you're dealing with, John. It doesn't have to say, again, the diagnosis, but it has to give a prognosis. So if it says, you know, medically unable to work for the next three months. And then in three months time, you could go back to your doctor and get an updated note and say, you know, requires more time, uh, you know, will be fit to return back to work in another three months. And that'll be perfect, uh, right? So there's no clear answer. I don't want to say it's once a month or once once every six months or once every week for that matter. Uh, If it's going to be a lengthy medical leave, you do want to keep your employer up to date as you're seeing your doctor, if that's once every, you know, few months. Um, but if it's going to be a short medical leave of absence, then, again, I think one note will, will probably do the trick.
0: What should somebody do if they aren't approved for uh, disability coverage, LTD, or their claim is cut off?
1: Yeah, this is a, this is a tough one. Uh, as, as employment lawyers, we deal with this situation from time to time. Uh, an employee is sick. They're not able to work. They do have disability insurance coverage, uh, and they apply to the insurance company. Uh, that's not the employer, right? This is a separate entity. It's an insurance company that's providing benefits to you as an employee, but through group for coverage through your employer. But it's not the employer to to decide whether you get disability benefits or not. It's the insurance company that decides. And you know, as you know, uh, John, and as uh, as my colleague Savannah, uh... you know, professes on on our shows, uh, you know, every week insurance companies, uh, you know, are are in the habit of denying claims where they can. If they have the slightest opportunity to deny a claim, trust me, they will. Uh, And sometimes employees with legitimate medical conditions that are not able to work get denied uh, disability insurance coverage. Uh, And what I have to, you know, from the employment point of view as an employment lawyer, what I tell the people that I speak with in those situations is, well, number one, uh, you want to look into the denial, right? You want to speak with one of our disability insurance lawyers and find out whether the denial was legitimate or not. It most likely wasn't. It's most likely the case that the insurance company is unreasonably denying your claim and you would have then a claim against the insurance company. Right. It's also the case, uh, John, that just because your insurance has been denied by the insurance company uh, with respect to your disability insurance, it doesn't mean that your employer gets to say, oh, your insurance coverage was denied. Great. Come back to work. Or, Or, you know, your medical leave is illegitimate. No, not at all. As long as you have a doctor's note from your doctor saying that you're medically unable to work, it doesn't matter what the insurance company says the employer has to respect that note from your doctor they can't contradict it they can't choose the insurance company's opinion over your doctors it's your doctor's support and a a doctor's note or letter that provides the protection here uh, for an employee so you know it's it's really that simple as long as you have the support of your doctor as an employee and as long as your doctor confirms you're medically unable to work even if you were de- denied disability benefits, it doesn't matter. Your employer has to respect that medical leave. It has to respect what your doctor is saying and the medical leave of absence. They cannot terminate you for that reason. They cannot punish you or change your position for that reason. Again, they've got to respect it and they've got to listen to your doctor regardless of what the insurance company says.
0: And By the way, if you go to the uh, the firm website, stlawyers.ca, you will notice that the other half of the practice is disability law, dealing with insurance companies, people getting cut off, LT. So on and so forth, because there was so much, uh, there was so much linking between employment and LTD and people being cut off, and they, you know, it happens with employment problems. They all get looped in together. So it's it's a smart thing that you guys do both ends of the spectrum uh, for sure. for while pardon me, yeah, six one three five two one talk, six one three five two one talk is the number to uh, to call in. Now, we'll fast forward, uh, talking about everything you need to know about medical leave. What should an employee do when they are finally ready to return to work from that medical leave?
1: Yeah, so in in most uh, cases, John, this is going to be relatively uh, easy. And what I mean by that is most employees, when they're ready to return back to work, are, are pretty much ready to go back to their jobs as they left it. There are no particular restrictions, no particular accommodations. And so all it takes is a note from your doctor saying, you know, employees ready to return back to work effective October 1st, or whatever the date is, you submit that note to your employee, or sorry, excuse me, to your employer. So you say, you know, employer, I'm ready to come back to work effective October 1st. Here's the note from my doctor confirming that. Look forward to seeing you then, you know, let me know, you know, let me know what's going to happen that first day. And, And really, that's all that's required on the employee's Uh, aside and it really should be that easy and again the employer should be welcoming that employee back to work with open arms in some situations it's a little more complicated because okay. an employee may require accommodation so perhaps an employee is ready to come back to work but again they have some physical limitations maybe they have some you know some mental lim- lim- uh, limitations sure. perhaps they only can work a certain amount of hours a day or certain you know handle a certain uh, workload uh, in any given day And in a case like that, you want to be very clear, or, or uh, to put it more accurately, you want your doctor's note to be very, very clear about what's required in the form of accommodation. You don't want your doctor to be vague. You don't want him to be uh, a kind of, you know, give a generalist opinion on, on the situation. You want him to him or her to be very specific about what's required in terms of the accommodation. Again, if it's you know. Not able to lift more than five pounds, or not able to work more than an hour at a time, and requires a break—you know, 15-minute break every hour. Whatever the accommodation is, it needs to be clearly spelled out in in, in the letter. And then again, you provide that letter to your employer, and your employer does have a duty to accommodate uh, those requirements. And really, that duty is a very, very high uh, bar, John, as we've talked about countless times. On this show, your employer can't just say, oh, you know what? That's a little complicated or, or that sounds like a pain. I'm not going to accommodate that employee. Right. Not at all. It, it, you know, uh, Employers have uh, what's called a duty to accommodate to the point of undue hardship. Yep. Undue hardship means it has to be extremely difficult for that employer to accommodate. I mean, it has to be... You know, not to exaggerate, John, it has to be basically almost impossible for the employer to accommodate uh, in order for an employer to say no to something in a doctor's letter that, that you know, that uh, that has instructions for accommodation. So don't be shy, employees uh, out there, to ask your doctor uh, to put down some accommodations. And again, don't be shy to ask your employer to abide by those. If they're not abiding by accommodations recommended by your doctor, you should be contacting us. You should be speaking with an employment lawyer uh, because it's potentially discrimination if an employer is not abiding by its duty to accommodate. Uh, Again, those, those situations are not as common, John. Usually it is pretty seamless when an employee goes back to work. But it does happen that employers and employees get into disputes about what's required when it comes to accommodation.
0: Well, as you said, they've you know employers have a pretty high threshold to maintain, so they, they better do that. And if they don't, yeah, reach out to you uh, for sure. Uh, a remainder of time here, you can still call in. we got some time, 613-521-TALK is the way. Email is where we're going in just a moment here. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue on Employment Law Show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with Employment Lawyer Alex Lucifero on News Talk 580 CFRA. 7.47 Tuesday night here at Employment Law Show. A few minutes to go. You want to make a call, 613-521-TALK, live show. Phone lines open. We always keep them open. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We're going to wrap up our talking points here, Alex, about everything you need to know about medical leaves. So you're ready to come back. You're raring to go, and the employer... They don't want to let you return to work. What do you do?
1: Yeah, this should be a a, a big red flag, John, for <laughs> for any employee who's yeah. uh, returning back to work. And it, it doesn't take much, right? I mean, uh, you know, a, a, an email ignored for a few days, or you know, being given the runaround about whether your position is ready for you or, or, or not. A lot of times, you'll you'll get that uh, that language, uh, you know, right off the bat. And again, that should kind of, you know, your your spidey senses should be tingling in a case like that. If an employer refuses to return an employee uh, to work who's coming off a medical leave, uh, then, well, listen, at the very, very least, that's a termination, Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, John. If the uh, employer is basically stopping the employee from continuing to work despite the fact that they've been cleared to return to work, well, uh, I mean, listen, that's not a resignation, that's for sure. It's uh, you know obviously your employment is not continuing. You're fit, you're ready to work, but you're not earning any money. Well, then what's the you know what's the other choice? Then it has to be a termination. Um, it's also potentially a human rights violation because again it's possible that you're not allowing that employee to return back to work maybe because they took a medical leave of absence or maybe because you're worried about accommodation or worried about you know their fitness to return to work. And and again, that is discrimination. You cannot treat an employee differently. You cannot punish an employee because they've taken a medical leave of absence or because they'll need some sort of accommodation in the workplace, even if it's a significant form of accommodation. So uh, if you're trying to return back to work as an employee, And your employer is giving you the runaround. They're not responding to your emails. They're asking you for this, that, and some other document. Uh, They're telling you that your position has changed. It's, It's somewhat the same, but it's quite different. And we need you to do this and we need you to do that. Again, that should be huge red flags going up for that employee right at that moment don't wait you need to speak with an employment lawyer right away you need to find out what's the best game plan moving forward ideally you want to give an employer you know a deadline to respond by you know I'm you know provide the right medical documentation and say I you know I need to return back to work by You know, October first or whatever the date is going to be. I'm just using that as an example. Mm -hmm. And if they don't respond by that time, then you can take the position uh, that your employment has been terminated and that you've been discriminated against on the basis uh, of your medical leave of absence of your disability. And um, and that's a legitimate claim, John. I mean, you know, uh, employers in a situation like that have to accept that employee back to work. They can't ignore them. Uh, They can't just pretend they don't exist. Uh, And if they do, it's going to cost them.
0: Let's move on to an email. This one from Craigie. Craig says, hey, guys, I've been uh, employed for two years as a project manager and was just let go. The company says I don't get any severance because it's a construction company. Is that true?
1: Oh, man. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i surprised that we still get these, uh, uh, John, because we've been preaching this so much. I mean, you know, at, at this point, everybody's heard the show in in the city, and, and we've had employers and employees you know reference the show to say no hey guys this is not the way it works you know the you know they're they're quoting the show in order to correct employers and employees on the way employment law works and i i really appreciate that clearly this is this is wrong and clearly this employer whoever's you know whoever's communicating with with craig they don't know what they're talking about again with a with all due respect uh just because an employee works for a construction company doesn't mean they don't get severance pay. Not at all. They, they could not be further from uh, the, the truth. Every employee uh, in Ontario is owed reasonable notice of their termination or pay in lieu of that notice. That's what we call severance pay. The way severance is calculated that it's going to be based on employees age, position and years of service. The longer the employee has been with the same company, the older they are, the more senior their position the more severance you're going to get. You can be a construction worker. You can be a chef. You can be, you know, in any industry, that is the way severance works, full stop. And if you get let go and you haven't been offered any severance, again, I don't care what your position is, you need to speak with an employment lawyer right away. If this gentleman's been employed, you know, uh, what did you say, John, two years as a project manager, he's probably looking at, I would say, I don't even know how old he is. I would say at the very least, he's looking at four months as a reasonable severance package. Mm -hmm. And again, the fact that he works for a construction company has nothing to do with that analysis. It's strictly based on age, position, uh, and years of service. So, you know, we obviously need to get a hold of Craig and and speak with him. And, uh, you know, I'm sure the company will come to its senses and offer a reasonable severance package. Again, this position is just kind of patently wrong. Uh, John, there's really nothing more to say about it. And I'm sure we'll get it sorted out.
0: Craig, you've got the email, obviously, because that's what I just read on air, but the phone number, one eight five we are going to move on to Clay. Clay writes in, says, I've been employed for uh, 10 years as a supervisor. Now I'm being told that I no longer have that position and will uh, have to report to someone who used to report to me. Is that a constructive dismissal?
1: Yeah, well, uh, Craig or Clay rather is is already part way there. He already knows the term. It's called a constructive dismissal. And, and yes, absolutely, Clay, that is a constructive dismissal. If this gentleman's been a supervisor for all these years, and listen, going back to to that week that was segment that I mentioned uh, right after our first break, uh, I, I I can guarantee you, John. Clay was probably on a medical leave or probably was laid off because of COVID and he's now being brought back to work, but they've offered him a different position and employers can't be doing that. Uh, Well, you know what? They can, but Clay has no obligation to accept that change you should be absolutely telling your employer, no, I'm not accepting a demotion. I'm not mm-hmm. going to you know, work for someone who I used to supervise. That would be embarrassing. Uh, I either want my supervisor job or I'm treating this as a termination. That's a constructive dismissal. And Clay would be owed his full severance entitlements as a supervisor in the event that the company doesn't give him his supervisor position uh, back. It's really that simple. I mean, employers have to be really careful here because obviously they're trying to cut costs. Obviously they're trying trying to restructure, you know, given given COVID and given what's happening with the economy, but you have to do it really, really carefully. And this is not the way to do it because again, you are asking for trouble. You're asking uh, to ultimately have to end up paying Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in severance packages because you tried to demote an employee illegally and basically created a const- constructive dismissal for
0: yourself. Clay in that email didn't say anything about pay, but let's just assume just assume that the employer is not only uh, you know swapping titles. Basically, he's going to have to report someone who used to report to him. But say they say Clay, we're going to do this, but you know, have no fear. We're not we're not adjusting your pay. We're not dropping your pay at all. So you're going to make the same money. It's just a lesser position. Is that still not a uh, grounds for constructive dismissal based on status if you were to look for another job?
1: yeah it's a great question uh, uh john and and you know what you're right oftentimes that's exactly what happened mm-hmm. and, and employers try to use that as kind of a uh, of a kind of a, an escape route to say well your pay is not changing so why so you, you know you should be accepting this position and our courts and, and the law has been crystal clear on this the position change john just in and of itself is enough to confirm a constructive dismissal so they don't have to change his pay at all Uh, his pay can be exactly what he left as a supervisor but if his position has changed and if it's only his position that it's that's changed it's still a constructive dismissal and he would still have the right to pursue his severance uh, entitlements it really doesn't take any more than that Obviously, if his pay's changed, well, then, you know, you, you, you can bet the house on it, basically. Yeah. If your pay has been decreased, well, that's going to be a constructive dismissal for sure. But again, I want to be clear out there, the position change in and of itself can be grounds for the constructive dismissal by itself. It doesn't need a pay change to go along with it.
0: And we are done for another night, brother. Good stuff, and we'll leave you with this. Some contact information for Alex and a member of the team. The uh, number is 1-855-821-5900. We use the email address help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can also go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That's like having Alex with you 24-7. Tons of information there for you to use. And we'll catch you next time on the Employment Law Show, News Talk 580 CFRA.